At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We've got a new series starting today. And before, um, before we start that, I want to I read this testimony. We've encouraged you to send testimonies in of just good things that God has done or God is doing in your life. And um, I have this testimony that was sent in by Caleb Brown. He sent it in a while back, and I'm going to read it today. And um, this is what he said. Since COVID struck about two years ago, he said, I've always felt and believed inside is that I wouldn't get COVID or have my daily life stopped by it. Even while people have talked about how bad it is, I've always had this peace and confidence inside that it only comes from having faith in God and what He has said in His Word. Since then, I haven't gotten COVID in the last two years. Haven't got, he said he hadn't gotten COVID, hasn't had any symptoms, he hasn't had his work stalled or missed any days at work. And he said, and I continue to believe that COVID will not interfere with me continuing to do what God has called me to do. Can you say amen to that? How many believe that's a good report? Because he believes that. Amen? It's a great thing for him to believe that. I don't care if you got COVID or, in, in, you know, and it disrupted your life or anything else. Don't let that affect you. I'm just telling you. That's what he said because that's what he was believing. And what I like to hear is people that get results for the things that they're believing. Everybody wants results. Can you say amen to that? I don't care who you are. You're, you, you're, you're, you're not being truthful if you, don't, if you say you don't want results. We want results today. Can you say amen? And, and we will continue to get them. So, I'm starting a new series that um, I am going to build a foundation today. Um, I, I don't always preach like this, but this series and this title, and the, and, and, and the title of my message is just two words with a question mark. And the title of my series is called What's next? We've just come out of our Easter season, and <clears throat> I really felt like God said, so what was next for the early disciples? After Jesus rose from the dead, what was next? Can you imagine living in that time, being one of them or one of the 82 or one of the 100 plus or one of the 500 or the first part of the church that got saved in, in just in the first few days after the day of Pentecost? You know, I mean, there were 3,000 added at one time into the church. If you were part of that, can you imagine what that was like? Have you, ever, have you ever thought about it and tried to imagine what it was like to live in that day? But how that relates to us today. You can look back at things and think, 
wow, you know what it would have been like and how glorious or whatever. God wants that glory now and even greater. But I feel like it's important that we look at what was the mission and what, what was the purpose for the church and of the church and what did Jesus do in the time after He was resurrected? Um, today marks 14 days since Easter, since what we celebrated as the resurrection. So let's just take it as though on that day, the 17th of April, is the exact day that Jesus was, re- was resurrected from the dead. On that day. So it's been 14 days since He was resurrected. So what's gone on in those 14 days? I want to read Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. And it says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which He was taken up. Now this is, Mar- this is Luke who penned the book of Acts and everything about the <clears throat> early church which started on the, on the 17th of April. That's when, that's when the church started was the 17th of April. It was officially brought to pass when he ascended upon high. But it says here in Acts chapter 1, he's talking about all that he did and he taught until the day in which he was taken up. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his his suffering, by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So, again, we're looking at the date of the 17th of April. He was on the earth until May 27th which is a Friday. So from the 17th of April till the 27th of May, he was teaching them about what? The kingdom. He was ministering to them for 40 days about kingdom principles. All the three and a half years that he operated in his earthly ministry, we see time and time and time and time again him making this statement in, in, some, in, in one word or the other, one statement or the other. And he would say to them, why are you so faithless? Why are you not getting this? I'm not here forever. And every time that he would mention to them that he's not here forever and freak them out. Because to that point in the history of the world and the world that they knew of, 
There were never any miracles. There were never manifestations like what had happened through the ministry of Jesus. And he's talking about leaving. And he told him, it'll benefit you that I leave because when I leave, I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send you another one like me. And he'll live with you forever. And the problem was they weren't getting it. They absolutely were not getting it. And so, I want to I look at several passages. Like I said, I'm going to read a lot today because I'm going to build a foundation for the rest of this month in what we're ministering on. Because the rest of this month, we're going to look at the church of Jesus Christ through the eyes of the book of Acts. And we're going to see that what God called the early church to do is what He's called the church today to do. The early church, and we'll call ourselves the latter church. He's called us all to do the same exact thing. And the things that we saw in the early church, a lot of times where there are miracle manifestations and maybe you've never seen that happen in your life or through you to other people, God wants it working through you. He wants the manifestations of His Spirit to operate through His people in this day and hour. The last move of God that's in the earth is the ministry of Jesus. Duh. Right? I'm saying the last move of God in the earth is the ministry of Jesus. And and what that means is, is that when His people get tired of everything else, and His people get frustrated with other things not working out, then we come to the conclusion that without Him we can do nothing. I don't know about you, but I'm there. Done. Past done. I'm done. (laughs) Without Him, I can do nothing. With Him, I can do it all. It's a done deal. We're winners. We're victorious. Listen, Colossians 1 says that the hope of the nations is the church. But the church is connected to the head, the Savior of the body. And if we don't do it His way, we can call ourselves a church, but we're not a church, we're the church if we do it His way. So, Just follow me, I'm going to read a little bit because I'm going to build a foundation today to prepare us for the next three weeks. What's next? John 20 and verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and He stood in the midst and He said to them, Peace be with you. When He had said this, He showed them His hands and His side. This is after the resurrection. I mean, just making sure you see that. This is after He was resurrected. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, they went to Thomas and said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them and Jesus came the doors being shut, and stood in the midst of them and said again, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it inside. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that they may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. So, from this passage... What's next for the disciples? From what Jesus began to teach, He spent 40 days trying to get their attention after the resurrection. They went through everything, now they've seen Him, and yet they're still struggling. There's word that He's been raised for the dead, and He talked about He would be raised for the dead for three and a half years. And they were still not getting it. So what's next for the disciples? To believe and not doubt. To believe and not doubt. To understand that if you see something and you believe, that's one thing. Because what he was saying to Thomas was, there's a whole boatload of people coming in the next few thousand years that will have no way to put their hands in the holes or in my side. He said the blessing comes on people's lives when they don't have to see that they develop a lifestyle and they develop a relationship with me where they believe what I say. That's the Word of God. They believe from the Word of God what I say and they choose to do what I say. And he said that's where the blessing and the empowerment comes on their life to prosper. That was what was next for the early church. That's what's next for us. To believe and not doubt. To not be moved by what we see. You say, well, that's been for us for a long time. Yeah, but how many people are doing that? I can just tell you right now, I'm I'm saying to you as a leader in the body of Christ... Most of the church is still moved by what they see. Most of the church puts more emphasis on what they hear from news, from the news, from that information, than they do on the Word of God. It's one thing to know all the information, get all the information, 
and then try to apply the Word of God to the information you have versus being free of information and knowing what God's Word says and doing that. That's what creates the belief system that is not moved by what you see, not moved by what you hear. If God's Word, if I'm, if I'm spending the time in God's Word to know what His Word will do for me, no matter what comes, there's always an answer. But I've got to know Him through His Word, and then I've got to know Him through the person of the Holy Spirit that God has given me to reveal to me all the truth that I need at given times and given situations. Just the way it works. It almost sounds too elementary. And that's why most people miss it. Eh, maybe not most, but that's why a lot of people miss it. A lot of people miss how to have a relationship with God because it's so simple. When I was growing up, my father was, he was, he was a doer. If he had a project, he stayed on the project until he finished the project. And he taught me one thing that my father, my earthly father taught me was to never quit, never give up, never throw in the towel just because something's hard or difficult. And he had many, many circumstances in life where he had opportunity to quit or throw in the towel or do something else, and he never quit. And I always watched him, and that was just one thing that always stuck with, it stuck with me from him to never quit. And what you have to become in the kingdom of God is a doer. James 1 says, if you're a hearer of the Word and not a doer, then you're deceived. You walk in deception. Because to hear the Word and do nothing with it, the enemy will come and steal the Word. But when you hear the Word and you meditate the Word and you become a doer of the Word, it becomes a part of you. Everybody say it. I'm a doer. Amen. We're doers of the Word of God. What was next for the early church and what is next for you and I and for the people in our lives that we come in contact with is, is what he said in the last part of that, that passage right there. He said, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. You might have the understanding of life and authority that's in His name. I don't know if you, if you see this. I don't know why I see this more all the time. I think I've mentioned this a few times. But I've, I've, I've seen and noticed in the last few years of people that I thought were Christians that are not walking the Christian life anymore. I've even heard testimony, I mean, heard it from them, or, well, I guess it is, I mean, maybe it's not, maybe it, it was published, and who knows, you know, you, you can't believe what you hear spoken unless you hear it from the person themselves, but what I've heard and heard di different testimonies of people that have denounced Christianity, that were in ministry in Christianity, and, and, have, and have turned their back on it and saying that they're not born again. What? 
How can that happen? The only way that can happen is because you don't really know him. He said, everything that's written, everything that we're doing, everything he was doing with them in those 40 days, everything he had done with his disciples in the three and a half years, and in those 40 days after the resurrection, everything that he was doing was so that they would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We have to believe that. We have to know that He's really Him and that He'll really do what He said He'll do so that we have faith in the life that comes from His name, the power and the authority that comes from His name. That's what was next for the early church. That's what's got to stay what's next for all of humanity. Humanity God doesn't desire for one person to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge. Everybody. That's why he paid the price that he did. In um, in Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 13, I want to read some more verses concerning what's next. And this is Jesus with his disciples, but it's from Luke's perspective. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together all these things which had happened. This was Peter and John. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not see him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and and are sad? Then one of them, whose name, who is Peter, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? This is Peter talking to Jesus, not realizing that it was him. And he said to them, and, And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. This is Peter saying this. After the resurrection, that Jesus was a prophet. Mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we're hoping, we're hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. There's two things there. Number one, they're seeing him still as a prophet and not the Christ, the Messiah, the one who had been prophesied, number one. Number two, they're still looking to him hoping He's raised from the dead to redeem them from the oppression from the Romans. They're still seeing, thinking that that's what the Messiah was coming to do. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find His body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels 
who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. This is Jesus saying this to Peter and John. You fool. You're still not believing. It's been all this time, and you're still not believing. And, 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 you know, we've never seen in Jesus an attitude toward people to, to try to discourage them. His words weren't, you fool, or you're being foolish. Why are you not believing? His concern was, if you don't get this, the church is not going to advance. The kingdom is not advancing. Because it has to come through you. He's already done everything. Here's Jesus, 40 days in an interim time before He ascends upon high and settles the whole thing. It's already done because it was already accomplished. But He's, he's in a 40-day grace period giving these guys some instruction on that side of the cross, on this side of the cross. And so here He is saying to them, you foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets? He expounded to them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. And then verse 34, saying that the Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon, and they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in their midst and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you so troubled? And why do you doubt? Why, why, and why do doubts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So, what's happened here? What's next for the church? I want to read this in Mark chapter 7. And I want to say, this is what Jesus was attempting to accomplish. And when we look through the book of Acts, we're going to see everything that Jesus said in these times began to be manifested in the book of Acts in the early church. In other words, they started believing. But this is what had to happen right here. And this is just a... You, you can go back and read this, the whole seventh chapter. It'd be good. But I just want to read from verse 10 through 13. And I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. But it's Mark 7, 10. And, and Jesus is, this is during His earthly ministry, and He's talking to His disciples and trying to explain to them about the traditions of men. He said, for instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. But you say... It is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard 
your needy parents talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees what they had done because of the traditions of men. So you cancel the Word of God in order to hand down your own traditions. And he said, and this is only one example among many others, how that the traditions of God cancel out the Word of God. Jesus was coming to these disciples. He came to the world to tell the world that we've done everything to this point this way, now we're making a change. Everybody say change. Listen to me. Change is good when what you change is His will. Amen? I'm saying today, what was next for the early church was to get rid of the traditions or the wrong ways of thinking and embrace God's way of thinking. I mean, you know, if you read in that seventh chapter, one of the things that, you know, the Pharisees, they, they were just all, all about cleaning everything that needed to be cleaned. I mean, you had to wash your hands, you had to wash your feet every time you ate, you know, uh, they, they had to wash every container, every glass, every bowl, every pitcher, every this, every, I mean, is it, I mean, they were clean freaks, these people were. And then they hammered Jesus, they challenged Jesus because... <clears throat> His disciples ate bread and they didn't wash their hands. Well, you know, uh, if, if Jesus was here today and, uh, you know, if you asked Jesus, should I wash my hands before I eat? Yeah, that's a smart thing to do. Wash your hands. But don't make washing your hands bigger than anything else. Don't make washing all this stuff. And they, I mean, they were throwing a fit about it. And so here's the disciples... And most of them, they had been a part of this all their life. They'd done this. Peter had done this all his life. He had done this kind of stuff all his life. Every time he went into his house, they, before they go into the house, and you know, some of the houses that they go into were dirt floors. But they'd wash their feet in honor of God before they went in. And now, you're telling us not to wash our feet? You know what? Jesus wasn't saying don't wash your feet. Just don't make washing your feet bigger than what I'm telling you to do. You understand? And the things that you do do that you know are not right, get rid of those things. Because your wrong thinking, your stinking thinking, will cause the Word of God to be of no effect because why? You won't believe. He keeps saying that. In everything we've read to this point, he, this is after the resurrection, He keeps saying to them, He keeps challenging them, He keeps rebuking them. You're not believing. You're not believing what I taught you for three and a half years. How do we apply that to our life today? How many people have been at Gates of the City for more than two years? Okay. So, if you've been here for more than two years, you heard a lot of teaching. And we never preach a message without the Word. We, we don't preach messages with little stories. You understand? Uh, you can go watch, go, to, go on YouTube and watch Paul Harvey or something, you know, from the day, if you want to listen to stories. We don't just talk about little stories. We talk about the Word. Because the Word is what changes the way you think. Did you hear what I said? 
Only the Word will change the way you think. That's what Jesus was after. That, that's what He was saying. Look, this is what's next now, okay? Uh, I'm here for a few days. We're, we're hanging out together and all this kind of stuff. Things going on. And I mean, you know, he, 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 Jesus was like Casper the ghost there for a while. I mean, he, He'd come in, He'd be in the midst, and then all of a sudden He'd disappear. You know? And then He'd show up again. And then they'd all be arguing about something. Boom, there he was again. What are you all arguing about? I told you this was going to happen. There's not anything that you and I face today that if you've been around here at any time, you've heard it from the Word that we preach. So what's different in that? The only difference is it's not Jesus in the flesh preaching the Word. Now it's Pastor Bird or whoever else you listen to. People that believe the Word of God are preaching the Word, and you need to hear it preached just like in the day of Jesus because it's His Word. It's not my Word, it's His Word. Right? And to embrace that and to embrace the Word helps you to get rid of religious traditions that want to sink you. And I'll tell you what religious traditions do. They get you living in the sight world where you have to see things before you believe it. And what did Jesus say to Thomas? Yeah, okay, so, so big deal, you believe. You know, who, who there probably wouldn't have believed huh, if they could have done this and done this. But blessed are you when you believe what I say and you don't see anything. I mean... In those 40 days when they were there, I mean, notice how many times it said that they shut the door <laughs> because of the fear that they had of the Jews of finding out. And it wasn't too many days after the day of Pentecost that, you know, the Jews found out and they arrested them, threw them in, in prison, and the prison doors popped open. Why? Because they were believers now. <laughs> it just, it just, they made a choice. After the day of Pentecost, do you think it got their attention? Absolutely. But they still had to make a choice. Do you know today where you're not believing in something, you can make a choice to start believing today? And you know how you do that? Just every time you're moved by what you see and hear, you let something come out of your mouth addressing that what you're seeing and hearing. No. 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 God's Word says this. No, 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 wait, 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 no. I know it looks that way, but God's Word says this. That's how you get rid of it. You make a choice today. I'm putting the Word on it. I'm not believing what I see. I'm going to turn this off for a while. I'm not going to listen to any more of this. I'm not going to listen to what other people say. Sometimes you've got to get people and stuff out of your life for a season. I'm not talking about leaving people. I'm talking about just quit listening to what everybody says for a season until you get it down in your heart to where you can make a difference when other people come and bring a bunch of trash that try to discourage you. I mean, you can, you can hear a good word at church. You can leave here and, you know, before you get out of the parking lot, somebody can say something and if you give attention to that thing, it'll steal the word. The enemy comes immediately to steal, if not sooner. <laughs> if not sooner, he comes immediately, if not sooner, to steal the word that's been sown in your heart. Time and time again. What's next? 
We've got to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and we've got to believe in the power of his name, and we've got to do something with the name to shut down the religious traditions and the ways of the past, and we've got to embrace the change that happens to us all the time. It's not just the change from the old, the old covenant to the new covenant. That's, that's an ongoing thing. It wasn't just the initial change then. It's a change every day in our life. Because I'm telling you today, there are things that every one of you and me think in some area of our life that's got to change. And the only ability to make the choice to change is to embrace what he's saying on a day-to-day basis. That's what he was trying to get over to them. And then he left them. We have two accounts of what he left them to do. What was next? First one's in, I'm going to read out of Mark 16 and verse 14. Lady, he, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So, I come to John Daniel and I say, uh, I called him his brother. <clears throat> I, I, so I, I, where did I come up with that? <clears throat> so I, so um, some, some really good thing happened, and, and I, I see David James, and I'm saying, David, this, this really great thing happened, and by next Saturday, you'll see it at your house. Well, what's going to determine whether he believes that or not? Number one, if he trusts me, right? If he believes in my word. So if I tell him that I've just bought him a new pickup, it'll be there next Saturday. He says, come on. Pastor told me that, it's done. Why? If he believes me. If I've told him all kinds of things and I've never, I've never backed it up, I've never, you know, really actually followed through in the things that I told him that I would do, then there's going to be a major question. But we're talking about my little weak example. We're talking about Jesus himself speaking to me, speaking to you. Do you trust him? Do you know him as the Christ, the Son of the living God, do you really know Him? And do you know about the life that is in the power of His name? The authority that He gave us. He said, he said during His earthly ministry, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will by any means hurt or harm you. Do we believe it? If we believe it, then we can have everything, everything he says we can have, if we truly believe it. And in this commission, in Mark chapter 16, he says this. Go into, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those. You know what? The ones that don't believe are condemned so that they can come to a place of conviction. They're not condemned to hell. Listen, until you breathe your last, you have an opportunity to be saved and live eternity in heaven. Can you say amen? God's not trying to send people to hell. 
He's trying to see people saved. He doesn't desire that one perish, but everybody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Amen? That's why we've got to know that. We've got to take that commission in our lives, preach the word to people in season and out of season, and he says, he says, in my name they'll cast out demons, speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere that the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Signs followed them as they believed. Signs followed as people believed. Can you say amen? And the other commission was found in Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples again went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. You go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what he left us. And that's what we're supposed to be doing now. What's next? It's the ministry of Jesus. What's next? Simply. Listen, there's no, there's no heavy, revy, revelation, deep thing we've got to do. No, no, it's just this. This is what he told us to do. What are you doing? The challenge is, what are you doing? Are we implementing in the earth what he empowered us and commissioned us to do. Notice, this is the great commission, not the great suggestion. Can you say amen? This is not a suggestion. This is a commission. This is what he called all of us to do. Every single one of us to do. And he said, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. And he wasn't talking about baptizing people in water here. He was talking about immersing people in revelation of who Father is, who Son is, and who Holy Spirit is. So that means I've got to know I have to have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I've got to know who Jesus Christ, the Son, is at the right hand of the Father, what He represents. And I've got to know Him at the right hand of the Father through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me who is revealing to me who He is on a day-to-day -day basis. That's what's next. And I'll just tell you this. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you need to hear those words. What's next? What's next? What's next? This never dies out unless we allow it to. What's next? What is next for your life, my life, our life, the church's life around the world? God's given us the nations as our inheritance. I'm not saddled. I'm not settled in any way, shape, or form, until the nations know God. So, we just do our part. How do we do it? One person at a time. It's not by the masses, but if everybody sitting in here today is doing one person at a time, sometimes one can become two or five or ten or whatever. Just however busy you are ministering life and sowing seed into other people's lives. But think about it. It's a duplication, multiplication process that God has put us in in the earth. And we've got to be busy 
doing this and accomplishing it. How many can say amen to that? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.